0: writing songs, and working with them, and releasing music, and there was my first ever song. I'm trying to like embrace it, but oh, it's not something <laughs> I want to embrace.
1: There's, I mean, there's lots of animals yeah. that can see other light and other things just around us, like in the air, that we can't see. I quite like morbid <laughs> topics, so go for it. <laughs> Welcome to the Creative Community Worldwide podcast from Collective Culture. My name's Alex and for anyone who doesn't know, Collective Culture is a new free to access and be a part of Worldwide Creative Collective multimedia and events brand based in South East London, offering opportunities and starting projects with creatives from anywhere and everywhere. You can find out more on our newly launched website and networking platform www.collectiveculture.com. In the podcast, we'll be talking to people I find really interesting, some already involved in collective culture and others who aren't, generally focused around the life of modern day creatives, the creative industry, but also just venturing off into other random topics along the way. In this episode, the fourth of the series, I had the pleasure of talking to solo artist Chloe Jett. As usual, we spoke about her career in music so far, what inspires her sound and how she goes about being an artist in the modern world. We also spoke about some random stuff like paranormal activity, the science of sleeping and Chloe's most embarrassing moments as an artist. Just a quick warning, our podcast sometimes contains strong language. Enjoy. Today we're joined by Chloe Jett. Do you want to introduce yourself?
0: Hi guys, my name is Chloe Jett. I'm 20 years old. I'm a singer-songwriter, a bit of a mixture of quite a few genres, but I'd go for around contemporary R&B with hints of pop and jazz, so the whole mixture.
1: (laughs) Amazing. So yeah, we've like, I guess we've known each other for a little while through gigging in London and stuff. Um, What kind of like got you into music? And have you always been in London? Or.
0: So what, I think I've always lived in London my whole life. Um, My mum is a very, come on, Chloe, you can do this, everything. I think when I was younger, always listening to the radio, I would just like burst out music and sing, but like not actually sing, like sing like a kid sings. And she was always like, let's get you some singing lessons and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, let's try it. So I was a very, a a diva type child. (laughs) So um, I did singing, I think I started singing, It was in primary school, but I don't know the exact age. And I remember doing, um, you know, the small little musicals that you do. Yeah. And I remember I was the I was the Wicked Witch. (laughs) Right. And I had to sing like it was like a pandemonium type thing. It was it was crazy, but there there happened to be a grease song in it, and I was a witch singing the grease song. So that was like my first ever main part in something like a lead. So it was was weird, but it was when I was like, oh my god, this is fun. I like. I like to do this so I continued singing lessons and I think what I learned a lot in my singing lessons is the control of my voice yeah. I would always had something there but I really needed to learn how to control it because I'd always like blurt out really really big notes and not know my head voice my chest voice so I think the singing lessons really like pushed me and helped me with my breathing control and I did grades did grades one to five and it was a lot of classical music which I personally don't like to sing I like to listen to it but not to sing it Mm -hmm. so it kind of pushed me in my limits and stuff and then when I was 16 I went to a music college and it kind of like opened up my world for music because I was surrounded by like a ton of music people who were either similar to me, really different. And that's when I really was like, yes, I want to do this. Like music is my thing. I'm going to do it. I'm going to learn and push myself. So I think the later years, maybe 14, 15, I was like, I want to do this as a career. And that's when I went on to take it to do um, not A levels, but the BTEC level three yeah so and studying that you're like you're in this now you've got to do it
1: brilliant yeah Yeah. now I I know exactly what you mean about um like really finding your voice as a singer because I mean I don't really do a lot of singing now but obviously I have sung in bands Mm -hmm. for a couple of years and like yeah when you start I mean I never had any singing lessons or anything like that I find that when you start you sort of try and sing like the people you want to be like exactly Um, but there's such a big difference between being able to sing and having like Mm -hmm. strength in your voice Mm -hmm. um because that's something i didn't have for years and i sounded like a awful cat dying on stage And (laughs) and i I can't believe i i to this day watching videos back of me singing when i was like 13 14 i can't believe that my two friends kieran and ollie let me get up and do that with them and embarrass them like that I I
0: feel you I feel you (laughs) (laughs) they just want to support you so they're just like yeah 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 and they I think because once they get so used to your voice or they're listening to other people that you're listening to they're like it sounds good but realistically does not sound good (laughs)
1: exactly so yeah I I know exactly what you mean about finding that like strength and really like finding your voice definitely and I like
0: that because I've I've never actually spoken to someone who's like related to that
1: yeah yeah, yeah yeah Absolutely. No, I can completely relate to that. So <laughs> you've kind of had like um you've had like a few like singles out on like most platforms like Spotify for music and mm. stuff. Um like you've had so you've had is it three as Chloe Jet that have been out on those kind of like platforms, right?
0: Yeah, I've got three. Not mm. not too many, but three just three mm. singles, which are quite laid back.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you had um because that's just what I do. Paper Chase and Inquiry, right? And Inquiry yeah. was the the piano version one, right? Yeah. Because
0: so, I- That's Just What I Do was the first ever song that I released. Yeah. And that was that was like the big, oh, you know what? Take that back. For I forgot it. about this. <laughs> um, okay. When I was in college, that's when I was working with producers who were around my age, and that's when I was like, writing songs and working with them and releasing music and there was my first ever song which was actually called trying do which i hate it's a very catchy <laughs> poppy song and that's when like we were talking about before where i didn't have control over my voice mm-hmm. and i was very like i was very poppy you know um some people like growl when they sing mm-hmm. um s- some people are amazing at it I was not the. Back there. <laughs> you mean like, so that, like
1: re- Beyonce kind of thing?
0: Yeah, but far from Beyonce. <laughs> I
1: think
0: I think who I think I was taking inspiration from Zara Larson and like Demi Lovato. Oh yeah. Zara Larson tends to really like sometimes just like growl some of her vocals, yeah, and yeah. Demi Lovato yeah. goes really high, but not in head voice and chest voice. Mm-hmm. So those were the people I used to listen to a lot, and I kind of just took from that and. It was a bad idea because my voice is just not suited for that. So when I did release the music, yes, my friends hyped me up and people liked it because it was catchy. But then when I started to grow up and listen back, I was like, I cannot keep this on music platforms. No, 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 no. <laughs> so technically, what i trying to do was the first one I released. And I released something else afterwards, but they've all been taken down because <laughs> they should not be up there. So because so, that's just what I do was like the new Chloe Jet the yeah. new and improved. So it was kind of like a big move for me, especially when I think it was, yeah, it was after college. So when I was releasing it, I was kind of worried, oh, what would people think? Like, do they think I've improved? I really want to improve, like, do you know yeah. what I mean? So it was kind of scary. It was probably the s- scariest moment in my little music career. So, mm-hmm. and it was a really beautiful song. Uh, it was just, it's so, cause it's all harmonies. Yeah. and guitar and bass and I got my yeah. two mates to come into the studio and record guitar and bass but I didn't want a full-on production over it because I really wanted to show my voice mm-hmm. so that was because that's just what I do and it's still up there and I do listen to it and I'm still like oh improvement there improvement there because I'm improving every day on my vocals yeah. but it's not something to take down because it was quite a big milestone in my life and I was like you know I'm gonna keep it up there and people still like it and it's, it is a nice song but I probably sing it better now but yeah so that that was the first one.
1: Yeah 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 and <laughs> um, uh, Paper Chase was sort of a bit more of a kind of like jazzy guitar kind yes, of thing. Yeah. What kind of inspired that? And did you have other musicians playing on that or was it like yourself or who, who was playing? Oh,
0: I wish it was myself. <clears throat> I wish I could play guitar like that. I got my <laughs> my um Frankie Ian played it for me who's actually I play with a few gigs. I played a few yeah. times with him. And Paper Chase I was I wrote that I wrote that like probably five six months before I actually released it but it's it is essentially the main topic is about being lonely but I wanted to do it in a kind of upbeat type way um so I knew I wanted something jazzy and guitar so um I think when Kian came over a while ago, I just asked him to record it anyways, in case I was doing some gigs live and wanted yeah. it as the backing. And he just recorded it so amazingly, and I really wanted to use it. But I also wanted production on that piece because that's just what I do, didn't really have any mm-hmm. beat or anything. And I, I could really see Paper Chase being something that, because whenever I'd perform it, people would start clicking and I was like, oh, okay, this is, this is fun. Mm-hmm. It's something that you nod your head to but I found it really difficult to find the right producer. And the ones that I did, I found it difficult to rely on them. And I kept being like, okay, can, can we? Can you answer me? And then they weren't answering. So I thought, you know what? It's at that stage in my life, I was like, it's so difficult to rely on people right now. I can just do this myself. So I did, there, there was actually one person that I did rely on because he's a close mate of mine. Mm-hmm. And that was my friend Nate and he needed, he was just testing out some mics at his studio. So I went over and recorded there. And it was really nice because he really helped me learn more about my voice, learn more about harmonies. And it was so good to get someone else's perspective instead of just recording it here by myself, because Mm. I find when that happens, you don't really hear the parts which can be better and you don't push yourself as much. Um, So when 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 I had the guitar and when I had the vocals and all the harmonies, I was like, you know what? I'm going to release it. It's it's still a track to listen to, and I'd rather have more out there than nothing. So that was also it's very jazzy because Keen's quite a jazz guitarist, and I liked that. And it was quite different from because that's just what I do.
1: Hey, Alex, here again. Just a reminder to go over to our Instagram page at Collective Culture uh, to check out all the projects we're working on. Cheers. Mm, absolutely no i think the guitar really complements your voice like i think they both complement each other really well and um i totally agree with you on that sort of like feeling that need to like get stuff out there and i think there's so many artists who Make like amazing music and produce amazing music at home, and they never end up releasing it. I know loads of people that do that, and I'm like, please, like release your music, just get it out yeah. there. Like it'll it'll do you good, just get yeah. it out there for feedback and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah, no, it's a brilliant track. It's really good. Um, <laughs> what kind of inspires you to do like a piano track? Was there a particular artist or song? Uh-huh. Or-
0: so the reason for this is because that song Inquiry is probably one of my top favorites that I've written and for that I 100% hands down wanted production. I was like I need production for this. So I was thinking I don't want to release just Inquiry because I, I, this was in a corona virus yeah. first lockdown. And I was like, I'm at home, I have a studio, I have facilities, I want to get something out there. But I think I'd like ran out of music, like writing ideas. And I just really liked inquiry. And mm-hmm. I had a lot of compliments when performing it live. So I thought, you know what, why don't I do a pre version? Mm-hmm. And then later on release a produced version, which is actually mm-hmm. in the works now, which is amazing. So I thought I had, again, um, my pianist Clive, who I sometimes do gigs with, he had already recorded a piano version for me. And it was on my um, on my music, on my laptop. And I was like, you know, what? I'm just gonna sing over it, send Great. it to the same person who did my vocals for um, Paper Chase. And he just worked on it at home instead of us meeting up because obviously we couldn't. And it was more like, I, I still like, I, put, I did it myself in a way that I was like, come on, I wanna get more stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, Asked nate and clive and it was all okay and then it just it was more it's more of a relaxed version so it's something else to listen to and then once the produced version comes out it's mad it's like it's very different Mm -hmm. because it's quite a hard hitting song i feel like it's quite a can be a little bit like not like a diss track but it's more like it tells you tells more of a story yeah the piano version is something which is like nice and chilled so it wasn't really inspiration from any other artist i mean i'm sure loads of people have piano versions out for songs but i just again i wanted to push my music a bit more as well as TikTok was a massive thing and still is so i wanted Mm -hmm. to use some of my music on there and just get my socials going because that's obviously the most important thing at the moment when we can't Mm -hmm. do gigs and networking so i think corona was definitely an inspiration there you go (laughs) there's that there's that i
1: mean no yeah i mean like i've had like I mean, well, Corona kind of, um, kind of, uh, <laughs> like, uh, got this like whole project collective culture going as well. So I sort of have mm. it to thank in some way, but obviously yeah. in other, in many time. other ways, not so much. Um, yeah. <laughs> have you, I mean, I, I saw that you did, um, because I, I remember a lot of your, um, like in the past you were doing a lot of performances solo, weren't you? um and then is that right because I I remember seeing you do a few solo shows but then more recently you've done more stuff with a band right
0: yeah it was um I used to perform with my best friend Alana Mm -hmm. but she was more she's not so into music as I am so she'd do it as like a favor to help me out it's more of like a hobby for her instead of a career and then Clive I have been playing with since college so he kind of knew me more and we did gigs together and then i went because i was working with a company called hotbox i had to i wanted to push it a bit further and get to bigger venues instead of being limited to smaller venues because i only had backing tracks or whatever and also with live instruments it sounds a lot nicer than having something pre-played so um clive works with his mate elijah a lot and elijah i used to go to college with so we worked together and he was um, the drummer for me. And then Kian also, cause I worked with him for a bit. So we played guitar. So I started to like, I didn't want too many people in a band again, cause it's reliability and it can be difficult. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when I got the band together, when we were working, they're not like my band, they're like session musicians basically. Yeah. So yeah. I like, come and I pay them and we work together. And it just really like pushed my music as well as they gave incredible insight and ideas that I would have never been able to come up with myself. So what happens is, is that sometimes I'll bring them a song that has nothing to it, and they'll create chords around it and create a beat. And it was just, it was such a incredible moment as a musician mm-hmm. to just work with people like that. And just them, them having the insight you want on your ideas that you can yeah. think of yourself. And I think Clive gets me the most. And that's what I really like because we really work well together. And it's just such like even talking about it, it makes me smile so much because I love working with people that you vibe with and they understand Mm. and it just works. But it's just so sad that we can't do that now. So
1: (laughs) Hearing your music played by other people is like a whole nother experience as an artist, I think, isn't it?
0: Incredible.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just can't
0: wait for the day where people start to sing my lyrics. That would be incredible.
1: That's 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 the one, isn't it? Um, the one. <laughs> so yeah I, I yeah because I'm the reason I asked was because I I saw you did um you did a really cool uh like live session kind of thing last year was it last year
0: uh ooh, is it which one there there was two there was one small one which was in like a, an apartment type place and I was like wearing a great top and I was sitting down or there was another one which I did with hotbox which was like uh it was like in a I was in like a proper studio room. There was two I think, that I
1: did. I think um, I think I'm talking about the one you did in like a flat or something, and it it was it was really nice, yes. was nicely done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What 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 was that yeah, for?
0: That was that, <laughs> actually quite a weird one. That I was looking for jobs on Indeed mm-hmm. to do with singing and stuff, um, which was really difficult because of the coronavirus. No one was hiring and no one was open but these people had posted like a an advertisement saying that they needed artists to come and they'd give you money and they'd use it for their website in order to promote what they do and stuff like that. So obviously I made sure it was legit and everything and it was in yeah. an apartment. It was quite far away. I don't know. It is, this was when like the lockdown rules had eased up
1: yeah, and you could yeah. meet
0: with a certain amount of people. I think it was in late july or something i may yeah. be wrong i'm not too sure but so it was in a, a cool apartment and they had a drum kit and they had a keyboard and i spoke to the woman who was really lovely and it's how many songs we did quite a few songs but obviously they keep all the material and they give you um a few clips and yeah. um that was when i performed a few songs that i'd written in lockdown and it was, again, such an amazing feeling to have them come to life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And
0: my favorite one that I did perform, which is on my social media, is called Hole, Hole in My House. And that was one of the ones that I posted. And that actually was my best post that I've had interaction with. And people oh, yeah. seem to really, really like it. Mm. And... um so we had me, it was Elijah, myself, and Clive, and we had a few rehearsal sessions before, which we were lucky to get in, because mm-hmm. again it was the rules had eased up. But so that was my last live session that I've done and it was really, really fun and lovely people, and it felt nice to be doing something to do with music again. Mm. And it was definitely worth it. So it was a good Brilliant. experience, yeah.
1: Brilliant. In this segment of the podcast, we discuss some pretty strange topics such as paranormal activity and the science of sleeping, not really with any particular scientific understanding of how it actually works. So enjoy. Moving on, um, the topic you brought in to talk about was paranormal activity and what you think <laughs> happens when we fall asleep or die. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like morbid
1: (laughs) (laughs) I quite like morbid topics so go for it
0: (laughs) I mean I chose it because it's just such like so I'm guessing you know who Billie Eilish is right so she has that lyric like where when we all fall asleep where do we go and that has just like hit me So long like where do we go like how does the body work like what on Mm -hmm. earth like how how do you know when to wake up because sometimes you know when you're sleeping and you hear something you don't wake up but then sometimes you hear something you wake up like straight away it's just it's just like where do we go like (laughs) even after if we actually do pass away i mean i i'd like to believe that there's a heaven but Mm. is there a like it's just such an interesting topic that for me i'm on a full-on i don't know
1: well so i used to be quite sort of quite quite an atheist in the respect Mm. of like yeah like in any kind of religion but i'm actually way more open-minded to religion now and way more open-minded to not necessarily I, i don't necessarily believe that we go somewhere when we die as far as i'm concerned we kind of die and we're we're kind of dead right
0: yeah
1: yeah. but I but I'm I'm you know I because there's I mean there's no real kind of like necessary necessarily any kind of proof of like an afterlife or anything like that that actually keeps me open to the idea and I'm you know can respect anyone's like views on it um I mean in terms of when we're asleep In terms of when we're asleep Mm. i think that i mean there's kind of like some science behind that and like dreaming and stuff like that yeah um where am i going with this (laughs) but yeah i find i find dreaming really really fascinating um yeah and i actually heard a really interesting fact on the radio earlier about this Mm. and a guy rang in and asked on radio Two, um Mm. why do we not fall out of bed when we're asleep and I thought this kind of relates to this, so I was find it really interesting. And he was yeah. basically saying that our body is able mm-hmm. to like lock itself in place while we're um, uh, while we're dreaming um, to stop us like jumping out of bed and to stop us falling out of bed, which I thought was really interesting. So it can like lock our muscles so that we don't like yeah. start like you know foot like Keep rolling. And stuff like that. Yeah, 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 exactly. So that that was really interesting. Um, yeah. I mean. In terms of like paranormal activity, again, I'm open to the idea because I, I like to be open to anyone's views and ideas about stuff, but I've not experienced anything myself. Have you had any experiences with ghosts? I would love to have an experience with a ghost. I would love to. Literally. Be amazing.
0: We are exactly, for all of this, we're on the exact same page. I, I hear this, I watch a lot of shows, um, some of them horror, some of them not too scary, but like a lot of paranormal activity, which makes me paranoid myself. But mm-hmm. like, I want to watch it because I'm eager to know. Like, I mean, the thing that hits me the most is that I always, when i if I'm watching a program, there's a mental asylum and there's someone who's hearing voices and people think that mm-hmm. they're crazy. For me, I'm like, what if they actually can? Like, mm-hmm. we don't know because we haven't heard them. But for me, I feel like I do have a. I feel like there is something because we don't know so much in this world. Mm-hmm. We like we don't even know the half of it, and there is so much more that we all as humans. Need to learn, and we can't. Yeah. We haven't figured it out. So I feel like there is something there, but I don't. I mean, I don't believe the. Whole, well, I don't know what I believe, but like, I don't know. If, can you see an actual ghost? You know how you see in like yeah, yeah programs yeah. And stuff like that. I think I love hearing when people have experienced it, and I don't sit there like, yeah, sure, sure. I yeah. mean, I'm sure some people do make it up. Yeah. But like, I feel like there are also people that like, it's actually happened. But I, I kind of want something to happen to me. Yeah. But also I'm like scared, so I'm not really yeah. sure that I do want that. But I do I think it's a 50-50 again, it's an I don't know scale, but like I feel like it can happen. So mm. I feel like we're on the same page.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean like yeah. it's kind of that um a similar discussion to um when people talk about all the different uh, types of light we can't see, like UV mm. light and stuff like that. And there's, yeah. there's, there's so many, like, we, we see the world in a very, like, sort of, in a very, like, kind of singular way. And, like, there's, lot, there's, I mean, there's lots of animals yeah. that can see other light and other things yeah. you know, just around us, like, in the air that we can't see. So I think it's a very interesting topic. Just for our last segment of the show, the worst piece of work or performance you have ever created or been a part of. Go for it. No.
0: It was the the... the... 16 17 like kind of towards the 18 years age Mm -hmm. phase where (laughs) it's embarrassing to say but you know you just gotta you you gotta kind of own it you gotta own it you gotta own it it was like you know like these days you see all the girls like looking really beautiful and using sex appeal to come across in music and all of that stuff like Obviously me, I mean, I don't think I was very mature at that age. I still had so much to learn. And um, I would look up to that. I'd see YouTube videos, like cheeky, naughty things. And I'd be like, oh, I want to cr- come across as sexy. I want to do that. I want to be very poppy and all that. So um, when making, after the terrible song to Do, which was my first ever release, which was gone. You can't find it anywhere. I truly hope so. Um, <laughs> (laughs) I released a song called Envision and oh my god I at this point when I was recording it I had dyed my hair blonde but it was one of those blondes where your friend does it and it goes bloody orange but you don't realize (laughs) that because you just you're just like yeah it's blonde it's blonde you don't see what other people see Mm. so um also my eyebrows were like black and then orange oh god i'm trying to like embrace it but ugh, it's not something i want to embrace but and you know it's difficult to say this because you have like 16 15 14 year olds these days who look beautiful and look like they really got their i'm not gonna swear but their stuff together so it was like i'm like looking back i was like i was not like that so when i did this song it was kind of like a sexual song and it was about a guy and i was like trying to come across like that and I wanted to record a video for it but like a homemade video and like um my friends came around we all dressed up really nice and we were just like it was just I was just like what are you doing Chloe what are you doing and oh it was just terrible it was a whole the song wasn't bad it was very basic very boring nothing to it I mean it wasn't terrible writing but like the track itself like I wouldn't really sing to a track like that um Just because for me, with my music, not with other people's music, but with my music, I tend to get bored quickly. I like things to go on a journey that other people can go on it with me. Um, So when when looking back at that video, my curly orange hair, (laughs) trying to look good, wearing outfits which are just atrocious i mean i'm sure i'll look back at this podcast and look at myself and be like what are you doing chloe like what are you wearing you know it's just one of those things where like i feel like i keep and keep on growing and um learning and look going through different phases of my life and i feel like it never stops for me i feel like some people have just got it in the bag but i feel like i'm one of those people that the more practice the more you do things Mm -hmm. you know you just so I think that song and vision, the whole look and the whole phase that I was going through, I think that was my worst type of
1: your worst moment.
0: My <laughs> worst moment that I look back and I'm like,
1: yeah.
0: and then and some I, of the singing as well.
1: <laughs> no, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I tend to find that because I'm still like young person, only 23. I tend to find that every year I look back at the last, like a year ago, I'm like, Oh my God, I was so different. I've learned so much since then. and um, Especially if I look back at myself when I was, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18, making music, I mean, Oh my word. There's yeah. some, there's some horror shows out there. There's some real horror shows, <laughs> which are my fault. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> like that. Um, yeah. That kind of like burning desire to be like, this other person who you kind of like idolize oh yeah. god yeah yeah I, I know exactly what you're talking about and I, I, I can pretty much promise you that there's been some stuff like there's been some musical journeys I've been on that are way worse than what you're talking about so <laughs>
0: Don't worry. let's just forget them let's not ever show anyone let's just forget that part of history we're here now
1: and I move think. on <laughs>
0: pretty good so let's just let's just stick to this for a little
1: bit (laughs) (laughs) so thank you for sharing sharing so just to finish off um do you want to talk about any like upcoming stuff you've got like coming out or you're working on
0: yeah so um soon i think at the end of march 2021 which is really weird to say yeah um i've got a song coming out with a good friend of mine called steve well his, his um stage name is Knight, and he's a lovely chap um we met at a gig i did about a year or so ago and we've been working on this song for a while we stopped because of corona and we just didn't get back to it and i messaged him i was like we gotta finish this track it's a it's it's beautiful it's about a relationship not working together but we have to have the patience and we have to learn each other's flaws and you know we're just going to end it for a bit and maybe in the future we can come back together and it's a really like a civil ending and it's really lovely because we're singing to each other in the song it's like a conversation so it's a beautiful beautiful. duet I really it really like I feel it I feel the emotion even though I've got nothing to do with it and it's just so it's just such a it's a very relatable beautiful slow chilled song with beautiful Mm -hmm. harmonies and i think our voices just go really nicely together so that should be it's just a single and it's called sometimes and it should be coming out at the end of march and we wrote it together which is really nice brilliant so yeah
1: thanks chloe thank you so much for uh taking the time to chat today i really appreciate it thank
0: you for having me
1: (laughs) thank you okay thanks chloe
0: see ya